It's the Mexican Soccer Show. Thank you for listening to us. I am Weasel Vasquez from Fruit Max Nation, and we're just going to jump right in. We have Mr. Tom Marshall in Mexico City, and the question of the night, should we be worried 4-0 against Argentina? Tom, let's start. Uh, yep, a little bit, I think. <laughs> I think it was, uh, I mean, Tata Martino said it, no? It's a wake-up call. It's it's a reality check. You know, and it, that was him using those words, not not just the press, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it was, um, while I think that, you know, the 3-0 victory over the United States was exaggerated, I think the 4-0 loss to Argentina was a bit exaggerated in terms of where Mexico are at. And the reality is somewhere in the middle, you know, Mexico are better right now than the United States, but... Uh, a little bit behind Argentina. Um, the challenge and the real question for me is how do you catch Argentina? You know what I mean? I think that's the that's the dilemma. And I mean, I think this international break was just um, was exactly the exactly what we needed. Did kind of? I mean, especially the second game against Argentina. We can talk about the first game, and we kind of did already. You know, the U.S. Applauding the U.S. for trying to do something they can't do, and finally got exposed in very, you know, in, in a fashion where Mexico just it was just an easy game, and then and the other side was Argentina, who and Argentina they respected Mexico even before the game. The coach was just, I and mean, we talked about it, kind of saying, "Hey, you know, these guys are going to be good. They 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 now have something different with Tata Martino, and they're waiting on the counterattack. One guy up front, and." Boom. I mean, 4-0. It was just a disaster in the defense, and then Mexico couldn't create anything. But this is exactly what we need in these types of games for Tata Martino to go, hey, I don't have it all down, and it's gonna be. It's not going to be as easy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, here's the issue, though, and here's where I, I, I don't understand Tata. I mean, I, I've, I've been since, since day one. I mean, I think we did a podcast on the Patreon when we did the Patreon with Naib and, and Sessa, mm -hmm. and we did a kind of combined vote about who we'd want to see out of somebody who's a realistic candidate to be Mexican national team coach. And Tata Martino was top. You know, he came out as top. So, But this is the problem. This is what I don't understand from Tata. I mean, you look at the calendar and you're like, well, where are these games going to come from? And a lot of that he knew already, you know. Maybe he didn't know the full picture about the CONCACAF Nations League, but he, he knew Mexico's situation. Mexico's historic, you know, so close to CONCACAF, so far from the elite, you know, to, to kind of paraphrase Porfirio Diaz's yeah. his, uh, famous, famous quote. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you know, next month you play in Panama and you play in Bermuda, and in November you play in the same teams. Then next March, I mean, I think you, you said we saw know that... Um, Potentially, there could be some big games in March. Yeah. But then you go to June. Uh, you know, then you go to June, and you've got the Concacaf Nations League final, which is basically going to be a repeat of the Gold Cup. You know, playing Costa Rica, playing the United States, and then you go to the September after, and all of a sudden qualifying starting, and you've got the same Concacaf opposition. So that's the thing I don't understand. I mean, the only thing I would say is that I really like what Tatra is doing with these mini camps, and I really I love the idea of him bringing through these younger players in October and November. Um, because that's what Mexico needs. It needs a, they need these players to be pushing them. But I don't know. I just think it's you know it's a it's a big ask, and I think these players need to need to step up. And hopefully, I mean, really, really, hopefully, more of them get on the the Chucky Lozano train and and you know follow that that mm -hmm. path because you know it's I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, look at Obelin Pineda, very good player in Liga MX. You know, he's had a couple of down years, but. What happened to him? I mean, he looks absolutely brilliant. Matias Almeida said he's going to go to a top, top club if he leaves Chivas, and then he goes to Cruz Azul. I mean, you know. My my worry was 
just a bit. Look, the first half, you can pinpoint what happened in that Argentina game with just out having the worst game I've seen in anybody wearing La Verde since I can't even remember. Since I would say Osorio in 2010 giving the ball away in the World Cup. But um, it obviously it wasn't as serious as a game, but at the same time, just someone having that many mistakes and then the talent that Argentina has just capitalizing on it. I mean, it was it's beautiful to see as a soccer enthusiast, but again, you know, against Mexico, definitely don't like to see that. But I, I, we can pinpoint all four goals being horrible mistakes or at least not, you know, mistakes that you see very often. Um but so we kind of put that aside. What worried me more was the fact that there wasn't any shots on goal until the 94th minute, and it was I think Chuli Lozano. Um, and we've seen this before, Tom. When a you know a team plants itself really well, crowds up the middle, kind of bunker style, all time U.S. in the 2000s, and Mexico is doesn't know how to how to penetrate and. Argentina was doing that. Granted, Argentina went fully back on the second half. They didn't need to do anything else after scoring four goals. But, you know, this is where Mexico needs to find um, something else. And I just didn't see anything from Tata that could, uh, you know, different, that, that can make the difference when these teams are going to sit back. And qualifying is just that, is the teams coming sitting back. We saw it against Costa Rica in the Gold Cup. I think we even saw it in, in Haiti. Um, when when teams kind of want to play us on a one on one, we love that, right? We like we like to take their possession and and, and press. But um, I kind of want to see something else. And you're right, where where is that going to come from? But it's better that you know, first let's say Argentina went forward and we beat them two zero, or even it was a tie tie. Um, I like the fact that you know Tata's kind of like putting the brakes down and saying, all right, I I don't have all the answers. So for me, it was it was a good it was a good jornada for us. Well. No, I mean it was well. I mean it was it was good in terms of you know a reality check, but yeah. I mean you know the, there's question marks about. I don't know. I mean it, it was very 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 easy for Argentina, and although you know individual mistakes were you know extremely costly, um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was it's tough. I mean Mexico, the, the the I think the you know tactically you can you know you can break it down, and, and you know you just did that. I mean Argentina packed the midfield, played five in midfield, mm-hmm. and Mexico when they're trying to play out the back. All of a sudden, had absolutely no outlet, nope. and therefore, you know, it wasn't just the defender's fault. When the defenders lost the ball, it wasn't it wasn't just an individual error. It was because they didn't have any options as well. Um, and 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 yeah, Argentina just picked them off, picked off the ball, and then the wingers Acuna and McAllister were able to, you know, and Palacios as well um, were able to join up with Lautaro, and and absolutely destroyed Mexico. But yeah, it's. Um, I mean, even even yeah, in, in the midfield, like there was just to know where that com- where they're going to get the competition. Yeah, it, it, another person that was just kind of very very surprising. We kind of yeah. see now, right? Is Herrera? Like the I saw him just doubting himself on the, on going and just the Argentina player was just coming at him. It wasn't the Herrera that we saw from before. It just I felt like he almost wanted to see the the Gold Cup, um, you know, starting eleven play against our, our, this Argentina. Almost it's. But you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how it changes. And then yeah, so uh, League's Cup's coming up. Um, not League's Cup. Um, uh, the Nations League's coming up. <laughs> and all, so many cups. And then alternate team, the youngsters that are gonna go. And um, we could see a couple friendlies before March, I believe. Not FIFA dates dates, but again, you're not gonna have your full Europeos. You're not gonna have some of the teams there. Uh, and then man, qualifiers already starting next year. There's yeah. 
the, the Olympics yeah. that I know starting out too. I, I, I there's going to be a lot of different teams from Mexico, but not necessarily the competition. Aside from those friendlies here in the United States that are going to happen, um, that are apparently from my hearing are going to be good teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it surprised me when Tata Martino saying we need to play these teams, we need to play these teams. Well, he's not the first. He's not the first Mexico manager to say to come in and say mm-hmm. we need to play better opposition. Osorio said it for his three years. You know what I mean? Every manager says it because it's just so obvious. The problem is. And, you know, I honestly don't even think these days it's the friendlies in the United States, you know, because, um, you know, be, because they have brought decent teams over the last year. You know what I mean? It's, I, th- I think, have. in the, you know, Ecuador, Chile, Uruguay, uh, Chile, Argentina. Argentina. It's, I mean, you the, need the, the you good teams. Brazil there, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's everybody in the corner world that's the best. Yeah, but then again, you, there's only so much you can do for a friendly. You know True. what I mean? It's like, it's it's tough. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that's Mexico's reality. I mean, I think Martino can only do what he's doing, which is to implement this style, get everybody on the same page, and, and just, I don't know, just get everybody believing in it, and then hope that when the World Cup does actually swing around, he's got a group of players that is a lot deeper um, and stronger than than previous managers have had. But, um, but yeah, no, it's... Um, it was a. I think it was a wake up call. This this international break and um, Were and we yeah, all I think kind it's of overshadowed kind of... by the win against the United States because I remember talking to you right in San Antonio in that bar. We did that recording. John, you, myself, were like, I'm getting excited about this Mexico team. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, I think that. But then, but then, oh yeah. I forgot, sorry. What I was gonna say is, um, you know, Mexico didn't start badly in that game. You know what I mean? They looked yeah. quite bright in the first ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, actually, you're right. But you know, you know, if there's one thing that worries me most about that performance was the similarities in those 22 minutes from going from <laughs> 1-0 to 4-0 with it. the 7-0 against Don't Chile. It was it. just like the, you know, the the rabbit in the headlights. It was like, what do we do? And there was nobody there to. And I'm not saying it should be one individual player, but as a collective, there wasn't there wasn't that kind of game intelligence to kind of be like Argentina, a really good team. They've just scored one. Oh, they've just scored a second. Right now, let's just keep the ball. Let's just, you know, absolutely don't make any. I don't know. It just felt like it was very weak. And I think mm-hmm. that, that that's been, if you, I don't know, traditionally it might have been, that might be a criticism of the Mexican team. I think the big teams, if you're in a World Cup, you know, if you're in a World Cup uh, knockout game, especially in a knockout game, you know, if you're in a big Copa America game or whatever, I think there's a feeling then the Mexico don't frighten them. They respect Mexico a lot. Scaloni was saying it before the game. There's, I think in world football, there's a lot of respect for Mexico because of the way they play, the technical ability of their players. But, you know, I've said it before, It's I don't know, I don't think there's that fear. And I think that's one of, one of Tata Martino's... It's going to make Mexico seem the big, big nation fear. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not going to be easy. But anyways. <laughs> I'm trying to think about that Mexico-Chile 7-0. It was, I think, Guillermo Ochoa, Paola Aguilar, Araujo was there, Moreno was there, Layun, Guardado, and I think Dueñas was in the middle. And then Chucky Herrera, Chicharito. And I'm just trying to think about, yeah, it did similarities, right? When that one, two, three, four, um... But I, but I mean, it's it's. I kind of want to go. Something that was needed in that game in Chile was kind of like, hey, somebody to to really take that captain. And Rafa, Rafa was, you know, he went to go see his son, uh, the birth of his son. Uh, Guardado wasn't here, and I and I almost felt like we needed someone like that 
in the midfield. Some or 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 who's our captain in Argentina? In fact, I don't remember who who came out with the captain band. Was it Ochoa? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Ochoa. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. But I mean, it is what it is. And and you know, some of the criticism, you know, for example, Araujo. I mean, Araujo is a very is a very good centre back. He's going to come back. You know, he might be in a dip right now, but he's play. He's the only defender playing in Europe now. You know, I, I don't know. I just felt the criticism of him was. Over the top. Did he have a bad game? Yeah, but he had a bad game in a friendly. You know what I mean? And I just think he's going to be a big player for Mexico. He's 27 years old. He's a very good age for for the next World Cup. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think the, I think you should be more worried about the kind of Diego Reyes, the Carlos Salcedo. You know, the players that have come back to Europe from Europe now, and you know, you know won't be getting. I mean. So, you know, Araujo's playing against some of the best strikers in the world week in week out. So um, I've got no doubt that. Araujo is going to be back and he's going to be an important part of this team. There's eight players that started in that 7-0 that started that night in Argentina, uh, against Argentina. It's yeah, really I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the thing though. There's no, there isn't, there isn't, there still isn't that depth, you know what I mean? Um, and it goes back to this Nations League. This is, it's going to be really important. And I'm actually, I'm actually quite excited about the Nations League because I really, really want to see I want to see these young players. You know, Tata's been working in mini camps with them. Um, I want to see him step up. Um, and it's, you know, I think, I think, I think Mexico have got some really good, you know, young talents. I mean, Macias. I mean, that's exciting. I'm excited it, to see I mean, Macias. What, what gives you that impression? Because in other, all the other tournaments that we've seen from these youngsters are kind of not doing as well as we thought they were going to be. No, I just think, I just think the ones that are playing regularly in Liga MX mm-hmm. now, and when you put them together, you know, I think there's enough there to. You know, to be to be positive, you only need two. You know, one, two, three, four from each of those youth teams. You know, as a collective, they might not be very good, but you know, as individuals, you know, you look at the likes of you know even uh, Loronia from from Tijuana. Like last season, it was it was great for for Puebla. You know, Venegas over there at Tigres, I think he's a very good player as well. You know, Macias I mentioned. Um, oh, you know, the, are the Corrado players that he called up? Those are the players that are going to be going to the to the to the Nations League. I'm sorry if I yeah yeah I mean no I think other... I think I think and I think um, I think basically said after the Argentina game that the the Europeans involved in the Gold Cup you know are very unlikely to be involved in the Nations League um, so that he did so, open the so door Herrera is in because he's not getting any play in time he didn't even play in the Gold yeah. Cup but I mean it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't go either no, because yeah. I, I think it's very this is very much kind of I mean there's absolutely no point sending Hector Herrera yeah. from Atlético Madrid to Bermuda. <laughs> you know, for a game, so and there's just no point. Time because he's not playing. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. But, um, but, but like, you know like, what I mean? Like Diego Linus Walser isn't getting any playing time, but is you're probably not going to get see that. So it's it's definitely an all. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Type of... No, I th- and I think I think there's going to be some Europe-based players, but you know, I, I think are, he's going to pick and choose, and I th- are the it's going to be like you know to... three, four, five. It, it, I mean, it, it, since this is a tournament, is this are the team? Do the teams have to give the players for the Nations League? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and you know what's going to be interesting as well is the the kind of level of criticism of Tata, and if there's an understanding in Mexico about what he's trying to do, mm-hmm. because I can guarantee certain other coaches doing <laughs> that popular, they would have got slammed for doing, you know, for for taking young players. I mean, the argument, the counter argument would have been, for, I don't know, I obviously don't agree with them, but it would be. What, uh, why are you not? Why are you not picking your best players and, and and you know getting the team going and everybody in you knowing knowing your starting eleven, getting your starting eleven working together. You know what I mean. So um, so it's going to be interesting to see the reaction as well. And mm-hmm. and you know Bermuda, 
to be honest, they, they, they were okay in the in the Gold Cup and playing over there. I don't know against a young Mexico side. I don't think it's going to be a complete you know a complete walkover. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think La Volpe had a mini camp in 20, 2005 with uh, Liga MX base players before. No, I think it was right before the World Cup too. Uh, 2005-2006 as, as I remember the last time I think Chepo tried and they're like nope um, but we'll, we'll see and then I didn't uh, I thought Bioho had one right after just start working on because there wasn't that much room but <clears throat> I'm gonna have to get make, yeah. make back and yeah. and check but you see well um, yeah but I mean I mean the interesting thing about him as well is Tata Martino left the Argentina job because he wasn't getting backed mm-hmm. by the clubs yeah. for the Olympic process after the Copa America and so he basically said, look, if the clubs aren't going to back me, then I, there's no point doing that. And, and he's found in Mexico a kind of yeah, club are. Are a lot a lot more willing. And it, I think the interesting thing, though, is we, we consider, we're like, we slam Liga MX clubs a lot of the time. But, oh, they're doing this and they're playing foreigners. And, I mean, there's, there's not many, you know, top 20 leagues in the world that would allow players to come midweek, you know, a number of times per year mm-hmm. just to go to go meet up with a national team manager. I mean, look at um, Alan Medina at Toluca. I mean, absolutely having an absolutely great season. I mean, I was getting excited about about his prospects of, you know, being in the national team soon. And you know, he goes to his first camp, he gets injured, and now he's in. Now it's a serious injury. I can't remember how long he's out for, but you know, he's 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 been out for a long time now. So there are risks involved, but you know, it's. I think we have to praise the clubs for for allowing Tata to to kind of work with these players. Interesting enough. Well, I think <clears throat> I think it's definitely exciting. Uh, three games coming up for the rest of the year: uh, friendly against Trinidad and Tobago and Toluca, right? And yep. And then uh, obviously the the home and away, per se. Um, and then well, you, it's kind of the end of the year, and we'll, we kind of see that. So interesting enough. <clears throat> All right. Um, we'll continue. You know, give you guys the news here at the Mexican Soccer Show, and give you some mini pods there. Um, Tom, you're gonna make the the trip to Bermuda. Take a no, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm not going to Bermuda. uh, I'm going to do a story, a different story in the states. Actually, I think I'm going to head up to the states. It's going to be, I think it's going to be exciting. (laughs) It's going to be exciting. Um, But yeah, I'll be at the Trinidad and Tobago game though in Toluca, and then I'll be at the Azteca for the Panama game. Panama game. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, switching gears from the Nations League to kind of yeah, this this other league that cup game that we have on Wednesday. That now I'm all like, the League's Cup, man. I'm like, there's so many cups and leagues. The League's Cup game, that final right now, uh, it's happening this week. Cruz Azul versus Tigres. Um, Dom, what do we expect? And the madness and craziness that's happening with Cruz Azul, where they are. If you when you feel that the team is drop you know to the to the lowest of lows they could surprise you and win a championship or win a uh you know some kind of tournament or they can drop even further what are we expecting kind of you know i think something is on the line Tigres finally winning something outside of the liga mx and cruz azul who always comes in the eternal second i think they won a copa mx in the last few years but nothing big so i mean these teams are are, i think they're gonna take it pretty seriously to win no yeah, I mean, they might as well. <laughs> They're in yeah, Vegas, you know yeah. what I mean? And this is a one game, it's, you know, there's a trophy and I know a lot of people aren't, aren't big on it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they've got there. They've won two games together as well. So, I mean, you might as well win it. Um, I think both teams will play the best teams as well. 
we'll see what the ticket sales are like. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cruz Azul. I mean, Tigres is Tigres. We know, you know, we know what they're all about. They drew last weekend, bit of a disaster against Tijuana with Zuka getting sent off and stuff. But but Cruz Azul, it's just been such a crazy last couple of weeks. I'm still kind of trying to get my head around what has gone on. But it was almost like you know they weren't playing well under Caixinha, um, you know. But they were they were in the playoff race. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They weren't playing well. They just bought Brian Angulo, and I thought he, he can be a, an important player, especially under Caixinha. And then all of a sudden, it's like Caixinha goes. Then you're like, okay, well, you know, they want to change the direction. Next thing you know, Belize goes. Next thing you know, all these lawyers and legal people kind of start fighting over who owns the club, who's doing this, who's doing that. Then Belize is kind of officially not resigned, even though he kind of has resigned. And then and then Belize and, and the owner go on kind of ESPN live on TV and start arguing about what's going on. And it's like, this is embarrassing. Like, what, what, I mean, it's just embarrassing for the club and, and the fans. So, I mean, Siboldi's coming in now and we'll see. I mean, Siboldi said something the other day. He was just like, oh, you know, I asked the fans to really believe in us and, you know, believe in the players. We've got a great squad and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, the new manager comes in and that's what you say. But then you're like, oh, man, but it's, it's Cruz Azul. It's just like, how can you ask them to start believing again? Um, <laughs> it's, it's a tough one. So, yeah, so, I mean, I think I think Cruz Azul is, is important. I mean, I do think that if you can get a win, just get some confidence. And and, and more than anything, it's not, it's not just a trophy. It's just beating Tigres and kind of, Getting Siboldi a little bit of you know respect, a bit of momentum behind him, uh, because at the minute the club feels like it's just completely directionless, rudderless ship, with nobody really controlling where it's going. So, um, so yeah, I think that's what's at stake. And for Tigres, it's another trophy. Um, and people, if they win it, people make fun of them and say it's not it's not an important trophy. But at the end of the day, they, they lose keep, it. They keep they keep going. They keep going to these things, and they keep winning them. So, I mean, you know, what else can they do? I mean, we'll see what happens in the Champions League uh, next in the in the spring. But, uh, but yeah, no, it should be. I think it should be a decent game. Yeah, uh, I'll be uh, I'll be going over there. And uh, how are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just oh, man, I wish I was going. Dude, you should. <laughs> Let's go. We got. <laughs> we can make some calls. You got spare, spare, spare uh, room in. Yeah. Spare bed in your room or anything? I don't, even, I don't even have a hotel, man. I'm literally getting there no? at like 4 o'clock p.m. And then my flight, my flight leaves at like 6 in the morning. I, 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 I'm like, why even get a hotel? Just stay out there. Then back to work for the I, next I think, day. And then back to, back to, you know, start the grind. I think Cesar is also going. And um, I think Amy might even go. And so... Oh, last minute. That's what I'm saying, Tom. You're missing yeah, I'm out. I believe I'm missing this. Come out. Uh, but I really wanted to ask you. I know, Tom, you've been working on a story uh, for quite a while because we're all thinking this League's Cup tournament, you know, what is it? Where did it come from? Why are you trying to get MLS and Liga MX playing each other? And, you know, it's such a random tournament. Look who's there. The MLS didn't care. And it's just. But many people on the internet and Twitter specifically, when these games are happening, it's just a Molero type of tournament. They want the money. It's all for the money. But um, I know you can't tell us because I know a, a story is coming up. But you're saying this is the start of something big. And also, um, it's not as random as we thought. Yeah, I mean, basically, so, you know, obviously, Don Garber, the MLS commissioner, was coming out. Um, he came out, I think, in 
I can't remember August or something, saying that, oh, you know, the idea of a of a of a combined league. You know what I mean? And he came out and said, combined league. You know, we've discussed it. Me and Enrique Bonilla, we've discussed it down in Mexico, and you know that's the dream. The dream is, you know, and I, had, I just felt like it didn't really get picked up as much as like, I mean, this is the guy who's running the league who's saying this is the dream. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and like, so basically, I went over to Toluca and and kind of talked to League MX and and just kind of you know spoke to people, you know, club owners, some presidents, players, coaches. Um, just to try and get the kind of feel of <laughs> what's going on here, um, and yeah, no, I mean, they both. I, basically, I've been massively kind of. I don't know, just the will, you know, the will between both sides to work together to do something is. I don't know. It's pretty. It's strong. You know what I mean. It's not just like this. So I think. Feel. I feel like some people think it's like the Superliga from two thousand seven to two thousand ten. Yeah. You know where they play each other, and but it's not. I mean, the, the, this this is like the first step of something that's going to develop. You know what I mean? And and that joint league is is like the goal. It's like I think in you know it's the north star. That is the that's the ideal. You know, and obviously there are a lot of obstacles on the road to that. So it's not like this is going to happen like two years time. You know, but I think I think all everybody involved is looking at that 2026 World Cup between you know. Mexico and Canada are thinking this can provide the momentum. Mm-hmm. This can provide the momentum for, for us truly doing something together. And if you look at it next year, they've got 18 from eight from each league. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden, you know that 16 team tournament. Um, you know, we'll see what they do. Might will it be home and away? Um, will that will games be played in Mexico as well? I think those those things need to be answered. Um, and then then you know there might be a possible extension, a, a doubling of that as well. And so I don't know. It's going. It's going somewhere. This and and obviously, I don't know. For me, um, from the from the Mexican side, when you speak to people, um, I just think there's a realization that everybody agrees that the Copa Libertadores would be great. You know what I mean in terms of the playing and and the competitive nature of it. It is. But if you look at South American football and especially outside of Brazil, I don't know. There's not much money. You know, there's not much money there. Um, I, I think that the players are being snapped up just increasingly quickly. You know, they're hitting 18, 19, and all of a sudden they're getting snapped up for seven, eight million. And you know, it, that Miami club have bought three young kind yeah, of really young Argentinian in youth internationals. And so I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's the long term. I mean, Argent, a trip to Argentina is the same as going from Mexico City to to Europe. You know, to Madrid. I mean, there's no, it's, it's, it's a long, long way. So I just, I just think that there's a realization from the Mexican side that, you know, it, it can work with MLS and that MLS is going to improve. And Definitely. I know there's a lot of people kind of skeptical about that, but for me, it's pretty simple. As soon as MLS opens the, I mean, I'm not, it's not just me saying this. I mean, everybody, in, when I read stuff from, you know, journalists in the states, it's like if they open that salary cap, if they increase that salary cap, then they're going to compete more. It's as simple as that. You know, yeah. if, you, if you pay more wages, you buy better players, you're going to compete more. And I think they've, they've already starting to get better kind of managers now as well with, you know, Almeida and, and, um, I can't remember anyone else, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, so, so yeah, I, I just think, and, and I just think they look at the value of the MLS clubs, you know, um, I think there's a Gallup, no, not Gallup, Forbes. And I think like new England revolution is valued more than Chivas in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chivas in America. I mean, America, a club with more 
social media followers than Dallas Cowboys. You know what I mean? So, so I think I think there's a look. They look up there and they think, wow, if we can if we can do something with MLS, then the value of my club, the value of our league, is going to increase. Um, and I think they see the way they market League of MX, uh, sorry MLS, and the way you know that side of it, you know the PR side and all that kind of thing. I just think Mexico's obviously a long way behind that, but they think they can feed into that. And yeah, and I think from the MLS side, um, I think the the two, the two main things, uh, maybe three. I think firstly, obviously TV numbers. Look at the TV numbers for League of MX, and it's just it's number one. By a, by a quite a distance, more than the Premier League, more than any other league. There's more people watching League of MX. It might vast majority in Spanish, but does that matter? At the yeah. end of the day, does that matter? If people in the States are watching you in Spanish or whatever language, they're watching you. They're watching the adverts. TV companies are paying for your product. And so I think that's absolutely massive because MLS has struggled a little bit with, with TV. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, is obviously the fans. I mean, you know, I, I pulled up a stat, I think, about... Um, you know, I think the the League's Cup game, okay, League Cup games in Houston. I think America were both involved in both, but the 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 attendance for those games, both of those games, was higher than any any Houston Dynamo game all season. You know what I mean? So so we're and you know, include myself and people are cynical about League's Cup and stuff, but that crowd was higher than anything that the Dynamo have got. And so I think from the MLS side, they're thinking, oh, we can, you know, if we can play these games, then the, those guys are gonna gradually kind of come to our games as well yeah but the flip side of that and this is what surprised me from league of mx league of mx think they can get into the the non-hispanic u.s market i mean they're, they're absolutely convinced you know that they've looked at the stats and they've looked at the the models and and they believe they can you know they can do something in the non-hispanic u.s market as well and obviously mls to them is a vehicle to that you know what I mean? So there's a lot to it. And then obviously the, the standard of play, I think MLS club, MLS realises if they play more with League of MX, then they're going to improve. Um, and then the other one, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the three. <laughs> like, it's, it's all very interesting because, I mean, as a, as a casual fan, kind of you start thinking about that. Wait, you know, the MLS, League of MX playing more often. It all comes down to we Mexicans, you know, um, and followers of our team want to play better competition. And, it, and that all changes if MLS gets his act together and fields good team with good players and actually good coaches. And, you know, I, I think everybody's waiting to watch, a, you know, a, um, LAFC versus Liga MX team next year. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't that, know. This, this is the interesting thing. We, we've talked about it. We saw, you know, like off, off, the, um, off the podcast and <laughs> off stuff. The podcast. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just that, that fan, you know, that fan, the, the, the Liga MX fan in the States, you know, the you know obviously U.S. born, speaking English first language, or you know at least you know bilingual. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to me to what will the reaction be for those guys? You know yeah. what I mean? Those. <laughs> but I, most of the guys, that, I know that you know, people hate on us, but most of the guys that are you know, that you're describing, there's an MLS team that's doing well and brings Mexicans over. They're gonna go. I don't know. I've yeah. I've, I've talked to a lot, and it's like, oh yeah, I go to my uh, local MLS game. What? <laughs> and you're yeah. criticizing MLS? Yeah. And no, yeah. I mean, I've seen that a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen that as well. Um, but yeah, and, and, and also the... Well in the city, I feel like. And I'll give you a perfect example. I have not been to a Phoenix Rising game here. Well, I have. But right now, they're... I guess it's, they got one of, like, the largest streak in, 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 in Arizona sports. And I think even, like, in soccer now. 
they're getting in the twenties of they haven't they haven't lost. And it's kind of like, hey, they're doing really good. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go to a game. Yeah. And you know, so it's it's kind of it's it's kind of one when the, the team imagine you know the play, uh, Mexican Americans or Mexican uh, or Americans that are born with you know obviously Mexican parents when a team starts doing well in their city, it's they're gonna start being a part of it and i think that's also what the mls yep. is trying to grab that just like you said in houston yeah. right but i mean i mean imagine phoenix are in are in mls or you know or whatever city you know people live in you know what i mean and then you know you're a mexican-american brought up with watching league of mx and then a league of mx team comes yeah and plays well, go. your local like, hometown team i mean i think i think that's where it's without that being friendlies yeah, yeah. right now yeah. now comes uh, a game that matters right and then you know, let's say America comes into whatever, and then that actually game that matters for both of those leagues. So, yeah, no, it's, it'll be interesting. And the other side of it as well is what about the Mexico, the Mexican fan? Because I think that's going to be um, that's going to be an issue. You know, if you if you expand leagues cup more, if you kind of you know, if this is the tournament now, you know what I mean? Forget the Libertadores, forget even Copa Emiakis to a degree. I mean, I think Copa Emiakis will continue, but um, you know, if this is the tournament. Leagues Cup becomes so, this yeah. important tournament. Then, then you know what? What will the average Mex- fan in Mexico think? Now we'll see. We'll see if they bring games to Mexico. But um, you know, I think, I think, I think Liga MX is going to have to sell that because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. tough. But the only what what I would say is though that you know the, the Mexican league, for example, it never happened in the Liga, you know, or the or the Premier League. It just be completely shut down. But you know, Mexican football is very North American. I mean, it's got a league. It's got a playoff system. You know, it's it's kind of a hybrid, you know, between between the European uh, with relegation, for example, and then kind of the American, you know, the the North American, you know, the playoff system and stuff like that. Two seasons a year, even yeah. so. But but the only thing, the other thing I would add is that they change things regularly. I mean, <laughs> they change stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, suddenly there's no relegation, and the rules don't really say it. But then there's not, you know, and you don't know what's going on. And then they're expanding to 19 clubs. And then, you know, all of a sudden, Lobos Wap gets sold to Juarez a, a few weeks before the season. And Mackey's still going to be Liga Mackey. So it's yeah, and, but, I feel like, things. but I feel like because of that, they, they've got that room to do something ambitious with Liga MX like that. You know what I mean? And to just push it through. Mm-hmm. I mean, people will start criticizing in Mexico, no doubt. But I think they've got that kind of, they don't care. <laughs> like how many these days how many people genuinely in Mexico complain about about the national team playing in the states you know honestly if it was the you know i don't know i, I don't know i can't think of another example but if it was a european national team playing all the friendlies you know in a country you know in a different country then i feel like there would be uproar but i just feel like mexico fans now are used to it to be honest i mean obviously you get comments and you get you know people aren't happy but in terms of cons- consistent movement for mexico Mexican national team friendly games to be played in Mexico. I've just not seen it. It just comes down that there's it, the games don't matter. That's it. That's how you you fix the oh the moleros. It doesn't matter. It's all for money. Blah blah blah. Who cares? The minute that yeah. they matter, and you know, I think we're gonna find out how, the the future of it. I think that's where you can change things. So interesting yeah. enough. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll you know take. Uh, I can't wait for the articles. There's uh, I know times. Working on it for for a bit, and no one's really talking about it. So if you're listening to us, it's the first time that uh, anybody's really really putting some time into it, and, and, and it'll come out soon. And I'm pretty sure we're gonna we'll have a we'll have a full pod to really dissect it and and really think about what you know how's it going. Love to hear your thoughts, guys. 
um, here on the Mexican Talk Show and what you guys think. And uh, we, we, we're definitely going to have some fun with it. So it should be fun. Yep, 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 yep. Cool. All right, we're uh, jumping uh, to uh, really, the list. really quick. Uh, we'll go wait until he got Mackie's, but wanted to give you what's your thoughts on on um, Chucky Lozano starts, uh, start 11 up in Napoli, got subbed out. Um, but at the same time, there was some there's some good thing. Ancelotti saying that he's uh, it's going to definitely keep growing and it's going to be a player to look forward to. Ah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Honestly, yeah. I mean, the Lozano to Napoli thing is is uh, is massive. Not just because of the the, the club. You know, you know, when the the Mexicans abroad, they're just kind of getting into that. They get into that every week. They're playing and they're doing yeah. okay. And I don't know. It's difficult to analyze, but but um, with Lozano, it's absolutely fascinating what's going on because he's you know he's playing up front. It's kind yeah, of and that's, that's kind of question I want to ask you. It's he's playing in the middle up front, like a nine almost. Yeah, no, definitely. He's playing with basically in a in a four four two, you know, as one of the two strikers. So so he's absolutely he's fascinating. But I think he's going to score a lot of goals. I mean, watching that game the other day, uh, he was just in good places a lot of times. Mm-hmm, the ball mm-hmm. didn't reach him as much as he would have wanted. But um, he did. I, I think know. there was a couple of shots wide. Total Chucky Lozano, right? Plays yeah. it goes to the left and shoots and it's in the corner and barely goes into one side. Like he knows how to place his balls. At first I thought it was like, all right, just shooting. He places the ball very well. Now looking at all his goals. Yeah. yeah and he's, I mean, the fact Antelotti started him so early, the fact he threw him in straight away the other, in the first game for his debut. Um, I mean, it's just very, very positive. Everything around Lozano right now is, is positive. Um, and I think it's interesting because, I don't know, when he plays as like kind of that strike, he also drops back a bit. Mm-hmm. He can also drift to the wing. And he's like, he can just find that space. You know, and, and that's, that's Chucky. You don't, wanna, you don't want Chucky Lozano running at you as a defender with space. You can't give him space, you know what I mean? But I feel like him playing as a number nine, or in theory as the number nine, he, he can drift, you know what I mean? And he can find those pockets of space. He can even drop back, receive the ball, and then kind of, you know, charge towards goal, you know what I mean? And no defender likes that. And I think especially, I think Ancelotti's just thinking, okay, we know what he can do on the on the wing and, and taking on players. If I can get him to do that down the middle, then imagine how dangerous he's going to yeah. be. So, yeah, and I mean, the other thing is, how is that going to translate to the Mexican national team? Does <laughs> it translate? more room up there. <laughs> you know, is the, yeah, I mean, no, is it, the... It, we were kind of thinking about that, right? It's, it's Raul Jimenez and that's it in that type of spot. I know he's... Well, yeah, Chicharito, I think Macias, Macias as well is is right yeah. behind them. Not right behind him, but he's. I think he's the number three. And then you've got, yeah, then you've got, you know, but just having Lozano as the option is moves. fascinating. I mean, it I don't, I don't think it kind of moves yeah, it mean, around because that was Lozano's spot the whole time, but he can play up front. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Tata's gonna. I don't think he'll play him up front. To be honest, I think he's gonna be, you know, he'll keep him on the on the wing because. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, Tata has played two strikers before. It's not like he's never done it, but I think he prefers just to play with one central striker. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it gives him the option, you know, and I think that's um, it, it's going to be interesting and. Yeah, I mean, up against Liverpool. I mean, this is this he is, gets to start to, tomorrow. Yeah, it'd be huge. I think it's start, yeah, and I mean, this is, you know, this is this is what it's all about. You know, I mean, you know, as people who watch the Mexicans come through, you know, took his scores on his debut in the Azteca. You watch him develop. You go, you know, goes to PSV, has a lot of ups, a couple of downs, and then goes to Napoli, and you know. I don't know, he's just answering those questions and, um, you know, now he's going to play the European champions. I mean, this is this is what it's all about. He is now, I think, the standard bearer 
for for Mexicans in Europe. You know, he's surpassed Chicharito now, um, and Chucky Lozano is is the guy. He's leading that. He's leading the pack now. I don't think you could say that before when he was at PSV yeah. because he was in that league that wasn't the strongest. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think Chicharito is. You know, I don't know. People write him off too easily, but um, you know, now you've got Chicharito playing in the Europa League, and you've got Napoli coming up against Liverpool and fighting for Serie A title. I mean, <laughs> this is real, you know. <laughs> It'd be interesting, yeah, especially tomorrow uh, versus Liverpool against the champions in the Champions Leagues. If again, if Angelito puts Chucky up top, that's that's the strongest team. I mean, you obviously want that. Um, he did get some playing times versus Juventus on that other game and scored. So uh, set your time tomorrow. The Champions League, I think, to the end is going to have it. It's, it's everywhere here in the United States. Um, so um, it should be it should be interesting. I hopefully he gets to be. I I would be really surprised if there's at least he doesn't play. Like if it start at least get some minutes in as a sub. And well, we don't know how Liverpool is and that they what they have. But um, that was just kind of the Mexicans abroad, and we're probably going to more Mexican abroad next week, guys. Um, to, uh, because of the international break, and then now Liga MX is kind of starting back in the Jornada Nueva. We're just jumping into the in a, kind of a classical week. Um, which way you want to go? Do you want a Capitalino or should we go with the Tapatio where they're both kind of like, mm, I mean, Santos Pueblo is probably, I mean, Santos Pachuca um, is probably the best game of the of, of, of the jornada. But we'll, we'll start yeah. with, uh, we'll, st- we'll start with Chivas, Chivas Atlas in that uh, T- Tomas Boy gets his job, continues to have a job um, with a golazo, golazos, and also a crazy celebration where it's kind of gone that. So your thoughts on the classical tapatio, Tom. No, I mean Chivas needed to needed to win it. I mean, you know they were behind Atlas, they're still behind Atlas in the table. But I mean, the, that was just a big game. I mean, there's so many rumors coming out of Guadalajara that you know Tomas Boy could be, you know that that could be. It was a it was a must win game for him really. So um, so yeah, big win. I think Alexis Vega, the guy who's been he's been benching all season, <laughs> you know, comes up and saves his job. So you know that's the irony. Um, but yeah, I mean it wasn't. I watched it back because I, I didn't watch it live, but it was you, you, you miss you miss going to uh, Alacron, Tom. Hey, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, the classical tapatio's top game. Uh, you know, one of the obviously one of the best games in Mexico. So, no, I definitely miss being there. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, it must win for Chivas. They got the job done. Still questions, of course, there are. You know, um, you know about Tomas Boy, about where Chivas is heading about whether they've got money moving forward to, to make big signings, about Oribe Peralta and what he, what role he's going to play because he's just been he's been nowhere near it. And you look at a guy his age and, and you have to question. You have to question whether he's still, you know, he's still got it. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say that. And then from the Atlas side, well, you know, I think they could have had a penalty, but I don't know. I mean, I think Atlas are going to be a mid-table team this season and, I mean that Which was a, good. a mid-table, mid-table performance. <laughs> Which is good from what we remember from with the Atlas in the last several years. And... Yeah, but then but then Vegas celebration kind of took more headlines than the actual goal. I mean, uh, I mean, what, it, was, it, was, it was it was funny though. I mean, he was. I actually do believe him though. It was it was really kind of odd. Like he was. <laughs> it was looking, bizarre. He, he was yeah. looking to do something and he pulled it back up. Did he? he <laughs> um, you hear anything about the discipline? I, I really don't think anything's gonna happen to him. I. No, well, I, I mean this is this is my theory, right? Um, so he did it, 
And then he kind of tweeted, like some fans were doing it yeah, outside the I stadium. Yeah, I saw that. that and he tweeted it like fans. laughing and stuff. But then like, um, and then I was I was watching, I think, Football Bicante or something. And um, and they kind of said, I want, that refereeing guy, Ramos Oriso, was like, ah, oh, you know, he should have got red carded for that. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. You can't do that in the stadium, blah, blah, blah. And then some other guys were like, yeah, it was ridiculous. And then Vega the next morning, he's going like, and then he sent a tweet saying, oh, yeah, you know, I was just trying to untuck my shirt. <laughs> I was trying to untuck my shirt from my shorts. And it was like, bollocks. No, what a, what a lie, you know what I mean? But it was pretty, uh, it was funny, no? I mean, I don't know. So I think he sent out that tweet because he basically, in case there's any disciplinary, he's just going to be like, oh, I was just trying to untuck my shirt. Um, and I had no idea, you know, and then I had no idea that I'd just pulled my it's shorts just, all the way down. It's kind of, I can't kind of believe him because it is, who thinks? And it's not like Alexis Vega. I don't know. You ever think Alexis Vega is like that type of person? Like there are people who would be like, yeah, that, that's, that's him. Or, or, you know, you have, you know, trying to make it, trying to make the news or, or whatever. But I don't know. I kind of, kind of feel like he's like, oh crap, this kind of happened. And it's funny because when I saw him, I'm like, did that just happen? He did take off his shirt. I think he's got. A, don't you get a yellow for that? I mean, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> interesting enough. Um, the other, the the other game, the other uh, Clásico, right? Um, America versus Pumas with a you know America almost. With a red card in the in the first half, and what everyone's faulting maybe Mr. Memo Choa to you, it, it was kind of like it wasn't a bad game, but it was it wasn't a game where I'm like, okay, usually the Capitalinos, you know, kind of rough yeah. here or there. But we did see a red card, and it almost felt like I mean, it kind of got better. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was shots. a poor, poor game. You know, to be honest, I, th- I didn't think it was a good game at all. Um, Sebastian Cordova got sent off. You know, he's got to yeah, improve that tackle. side of. I mean, now it's kind of yeah, just bad. Yeah, bad, bad, I mean, he's got to, He's been brilliant this season. I've been, mm. you know, really impressed with him. The way he's just come into the, the starting eleven and adapted his role at times as well. You know, played more centrally as well. But, um, yeah, it was a it was a bad tackle. But I don't know. I just thought it was two teams that, I don't know. Pumas were, I don't know. They even against ten men. I don't know. They were obviously set up to kind of not have the ball and to wait for a medic and try and get something on the counter or. A set piece or something like that, but it was it was just dire when when America went down to ten players and then you know they kind of sat back a bit more as well and then all of a sudden you had this game where there was I think there was one shot in the first half or something mm-hmm. I think there were zero shots on target or something like that but you know basically there was one chance in the whole of the first half um, and that was Brian Mendoza on his starting debut for Boomers um, yeah the, and like then, thirty sec yeah it's Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, just be, just before just before half time. So yeah, I mean, Puma said just again a bit like Atlas. I mean, they're just quite solid, you know what I mean. But they're not they're just not exciting. You know what I mean? You're not getting excited about watching Boomers. Um, and America, you know, they, they they did what they needed to do against you know against ten players. But I thought you know the, the game the game livened up when when uh, you know America got that that goal. Um, and then obviously Pumas got the equaliser with with Guillermo Ochoa. You know, I think he was unsighted. So you know, I don't think you hundred percent say Ochoa that was absolutely, you know, abysmal. But at the same time, a goalkeeper of Ochoa's quality, you expect to to kind of <clears throat> yeah. save that. You know, I mean, when he like has a mistake, you kind of say, okay, well, we, but it was it was odd that he would miss like something like that. So which means it was just kind of like a fluke. Like it wasn't. I don't know. 
I, yeah. I wasn't really, I know, I, yeah, it was his fault he should have gotten that, but it was kind of like weird. Like, that's a total yeah. Ochoa ball. Like, no, definitely. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Ochoa is a, a very good goalkeeper, but I also think there are uh, other good goalkeepers in League MX, and it's going to be interesting to see when everything's kind of, you know, not, not just at the back of one weekend, but when it comes to the end of the season. You know, to have a debate over who, who the best goalkeeper is or the top five goalkeepers in League MX, because you know I know Ochoa was unlucky in Europe with certain things and certain moves mm-hmm. and stuff, but at the end of the day, he didn't he didn't reach a really high level. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Marchesini, for example, is arguably now playing for a for a bigger club mm-hmm. than Ochoa ever did. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying there's a question mark over Ochoa, but I'm just saying. You know, he, he has made mistakes before and he will make mistakes again. Um, but we will see. We'll see. Um, other other news. Uh, Nicaxa, which feels like Nicaxa or, or, or Morelia kind of surprise you during the, in every single every season. They just kind of die off. But, um, you know, it's uh, Nuevo Líder. They haven't lost in five jornadas. Um and people are kind of like, okay, well, what, what's going on with this? I mean, obviously, Querétaro's there. You know, Santos out of the big four on the Americas and the Liguilla. But it, I don't think it's definitely a fluke with they have not only 17 points, but they also have the best offense in Liga MX right now. Um, what, what 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 leads to this, Tom? What's going on? No, I was just thinking the Cucks, uh, it's an interesting story, actually. Might have to, uh, you know, do something on it. But they've, they bought really well and they sell really well. You know, and, and they make a lot of money on off the off the players we've sold, and they've they've replaced them. You know that Maximiliano Salas has come mm-hmm. in, um, and and you know replaced to a degree Brian Fernandez. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're doing things really well. So I think off the field things have gone well, and I think on it, um, Guillermo Vasquez has, has produced a team that that are, are good on the counter. That kind of again, I think they've got lowest second lowest possession per game. In Liga MX this season, so it's not like a team that's going out and rolling over yeah. our position, but um, does very very well organised. Um, and yeah, I think they pose different problems than, than other teams in Liga MX. Uh, but yeah, I think organisation as well is is key. And you know, you look at a team like Monterrey, who they they, they defeated two zero, and you just see the contrast. And you see the contrast between an Akaxa team that know what they're doing, that know how you know how they're organised, and and what Monterrey is right now, um, which is a team that just doesn't seem to, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't seem to have that. I don't know. It seems like Diego Alonso once again, since they signed uh, uh, Vincent Jansen, um, once again, just like like it was a bit like last February or so, and he's just struggling to fit all these players in. To a system, you know, now he started playing like three at the back with wing backs, and then, you know, playing with two up front now, and it's just like I don't know, it just doesn't seem to. He hasn't find found that kind of, the 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 combination that that works and that has some chemistry. <clears throat> well, we'll see if it kind of keep up on that. Although I don't, I don't see any team. I mean, it's like Tigres is is there. I, I just don't see the same. Aside from you know Tigres, León, América. It's kind of like, uh, are, will these teams kind of finish strong? The teams that are kind of on there, and will the others come up? So interesting enough, but I mean, we're coming mid. We're in the mid uh, of the league, so we'll see on that. 
Um, other other storylines. So I want to congratulate. Let's see. We have four now Liga MX English accounts now that uh, with Leon, uh, Santos, and uh, America, and now a new one, Tom, that uh, created a Atlas. Atlas out of nowhere. Atlas is in coming in there. There you go. Yeah. So wait, no five. Yeah, we'll see, five, five, honestly, five. Um, Leon Atlas that, uh, Tijuana. Yeah, I think that we're going to see more. Pre- I mean, relatively soon as well. I mean, um, these take these things take time to plan. But from what I'm hearing, um, you know, there's going to be other big clubs joining. Um, I'm, I'm hearing the league as well. Actually, mm-hmm. are going to mm-hmm. trying. I mean, it's something that the they've got in mind. Uh, that was one of the things that came from my trip to Toluca, was that <coughs> they do have kind of plans in the medium term to, to get on kind of social media in, in English and the website. So hopefully they do a good job though, because oh, yeah, that's the key. That's the key. I mean, I think we don't want to be highly critical, but you know, sometimes I look at some of the accounts and, and you know, like for example, the national team one, and I'm, I'm saying the national team one just because it's the big account, you know, it's the big account that should be that kind of link between, you know, the Mexican American fan or the mm-hmm, Mexico fan mm-hmm. in the United States and the national team that, that, you know, sell so many tickets that bring so much, I don't know, such a source of pride, no? Um, and I don't know, sometimes I just I just feel it doesn't connect, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think that the way America did it kind of last season and going back to the, um, what was it, the Apertura 2018, I don't know, I thought that was, I think that's the level, me. I think they, I think America I, set the bar. I mean, I'll say it, it's, it's grabbing the right is the right person that's at the, in those jobs. It's not just translating tweets. It's not just trying to, you know, figure out if it'll stick with saying things that don't really, you know, pertain or you know, bad uh, grammar or just you know English that nobody ever uses, <laughs> just because yeah. they're trying to mouth something. And 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 that's the thing. That's 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 the difference from a good club that's going to really put somebody in there. And it's probably paying somebody that's in the United States or somebody that's a native speaker and will do that. So um, I, I applaud, you know, these Liga MX teams. But, you know, I really hope that they're taking the time to, to do the research and, how, and what will work and what the fans want. So uh, we'll see where yeah. that goes. But it's definitely celebrated. You know, that's fine. There was nobody. I mean, there's nobody in two years is and and I think Santos and Tijuana were the only ones, but applaud them. Yeah, Leon and Atlas. <clears throat> so we'll see where it's at go. Um, all right. Well, we got some Champions League in the middle. We also have Leagues Cup, then Liga MX. There's always some football that somehow you can get involved and you can watch, especially now midweek. And so uh, it, sh- it should be interesting. Uh, keep an eye out. We'll probably do maybe. A mini pod out there in, in Vegas for the for the League's Cup just to see how it all just gets reaction. Um, maybe we get some quotes by Mr. Gignac if uh, if they win or if they lose. So I think I think whoever wins is going to be good. Whoever loses is going to be bad for. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's all we have for today, guys. Uh, I want to thank obviously Tom for jumping on, uh, Amy producing the show and putting it all together. Um, I have actually I want to I want to see if. You know, I definitely want to hear back. I have two scarves from the Gold Cup that say um, CONCACAF Gold Cup. They're really nice blue and gold that um, I wanted to give away here on the show. So if you're listening to us, and I'm going to write down a number right now on my pad, and I'm going to write it down. It's a number between 1 and 100. I'm going to write it down. I just wrote it down. And all you got to do... 46. 
No, not you, Tom. Is it 46? You're, you're not part. You're not part of, you're uh, not part of it. All you have to do... <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is is tweet, or if you listen to us, or if you don't have Twitter, you can you can email it to me at wiso at foodmexnation.com, W-I-S-O at foodmexnation.com. If you do have Twitter, just tweet us, hey, my number is 55 or 44 or 19 or 23, whatever, right? Whatever your number is from 1 to 100. And whoever is closest, um, the two closest will get, I'll mail these... Uh, these gold cup um, bufandas that I have that they gave out at the end of the gold cup. And uh, I, I, I grabbed a couple of them. So I kind of want to do this. I have a, I have a, a, a couple of stuff that we can give away, but I want to, I want to, I want to see who's listening out there. So you got to get us the number and then tell us, oh, you know what? Stop. 83. You already got one, Tom. I think, did you get one? I think you got one of the bufandas. No. <laughs> um, uh, so you got to give us, you know, tweet us a number, right? And then, uh, where you're listening from so the city that you're listening from so that would be so it'd be like you know we saw uh number 73 and i'm listening from phoenix so that is you know this is how it is where whoever's close the two closest will get it and i'll mail it to them um and we'll pick out a winner so i'm going to give you guys i'll give you till thursday because i know some of you listen to it on tuesday and then get to it on wednesday so uh, yeah, I'll do. I'll give it till Thursday in the afternoon around five. Yeah, five p.m. Pacific. It'll be the cutoff. So we won't mention it on Twitter. No one's gonna mention it. Um, so it's only if you're listening to the Mexican Soccer Show and you've made it this far. Because who knows? You could have just been like, ah, it's crap. I'm taking it off. But if you're still listening, I don't um, think anybody's gonna be. <laughs> that we fight. get we get two of them. <laughs> it's gonna be sad. So you can either email me or you can listen and you or you can tweet at us. Um, on the Mexican soccer show, so uh, or can you DM us? If, no, no, yeah, definitely tweet if you have Twitter and just just reply to or or mention us. Cool, and we'll we're gonna retweet it, and uh, it's gonna be random. People are like, why are we retweeting these random names and numbers? So we'll see how it is. So there you go, two cool um, Concacaf Gold Cup. It doesn't say champions, but they're pretty cool. They're nice. So we'll do that. What do you think, Tom? Julio? Yeah, good stuff. All right, all right, cool, cool. All right, Keep all right, guys. Have a wonderful uh, week, and we'll be on the next uh, next week on the Mexican Soccer Show. Hasta luego, and uh, happy Mexican Independence Day for those of you guys listening uh, today on Monday. If not, it was a couple days ago. Hasta la próxima. Bye.